you go to the final end of your journey thinking yeah. that there's a Wizard of Oz or whatever, and yes. then you find out it was all an illusion. Like, oh, there is no final Aeon. The real final Aeon was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> now it's think true. about that joke. It's true. <laughs> as soon as I thought it, I'm like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> What's up? Welcome back to the State of the Arc podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Kason. We're here to talk to you about Final Fantasy X for the 13th time. For the 13th time. <laughs> Lucky number 13. <laughs> um, let's see. Today we played up through... That's like... Basically going back to Bavel to talk with Micah and then... Yeah, um, all that. The Faith Kid with the purple hood. Right around there. Right, right. As you, I, I actually played up to where you get back on the airship and you're like about to go like the final showdown with Sin, and they're blasting the music, the hymn of the faith, and all there the people go. in the world, DBZ style, rocking are out, to singing the, the hymn of the faith to the song. That's about the point where I stopped. I copied down the lyrics to that hymn, by the oh, way. Oh, really? It actually, nice. the word, they're actual words. Oh, really? Well, they're Japanese words, and I recognize them, but it didn't really make sense until I just looked it up today, and I'm like, oh. yeah. So we'll look into that. So anyways, all points in between. That's where we played up to. So okay. let's get started with um, descending down the back half of uh, Mount Gagazet and into Xanarkand. Um, yeah. Like we were saying last time, the sun is setting, yep, yep. signifying the end of the journey, and it's night by the time you actually get down, you know, to off the mountain and basically ruins, just outside of the ruins. Which the was the right choice because it looks really cool. Yeah. And the fireflies are all glowy <clears throat> and it looks nice. Oh, well actually before the sun sets, it returns us to uh, the first scene of the game. Yep, where he says, let me tell you my story. Yep. Yeah. And they're sitting around the campfire, kind of solemn. No one's really talking. Now, interesting note about this. Um, the voice actor that played Titus. James Arnold Taylor. James Arnold Taylor. Uh, he did not know um, at the recording of that scene that uh, it was so early that it takes place during the gameplay, right? Mm. He thought that the narration scenes were a year or two in the future. Oh. And so he actually does a lower pitch in his voice. Yeah. And you can tell that. Because he thought he would be older Because he thought he was going to be doing a 19, 20-year-old Titus instead of uh, a 17-ish-year-old Titus, yeah. right? Yeah. And so... It wasn't until he got, because he didn't know the full story of the game. Yeah, he, he was reading through the script. He didn't read the script first. Yes. He he sort of like, and this was this allowed him to react to yeah. a lot of like the twists in a, in a very genuine way as it's, well. It's a good way as an actor to um, yeah. get, have like type, kind of like a method type um, reaction to yeah, a lot of this stuff. Right. Um, but he comes to it and he was very surprised to learn that it's just right then and there. And yeah. it was <laughs> all these narration parts were him because it sounds like an inner monologue. That's mm -hmm. why we would keep referring to it that way. Um, what it really is is him just getting up and telling everyone, hey, this is my story. Yeah. I just want to tell you my story. And we get the reason why he does this, mm -hmm. which is really funny, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's just trying to stall. Yeah. And that's it. That's He's like, <laughs> all right. Because at the beginning of the game, it's like, I'm going to tell you my story. This is like a Cranky Kong moment. You know, he's just like, we're getting up here and I have some valuable insight that I'm going to give to all yeah. of you people about about the world and life. And I'm going to tell you my important, heartfelt story. And the truth is, he's just like grasping at straws. Like, oh, and then this happened. Oh, and then I really didn't like it when that happened. That was not good. 
and the way it's presented is really heartfelt and beautiful, right? Yeah. But when you see the reason for it, it's like, ah, Titus, man. And mm-hmm. it's so funny because he's like, what else? What else happened? There's got to be something else. And Yuna remember walks up to him. Remember that time that yeah, uh, remember, you um, guys, uh, and then she gets up. But, like, but listen think. to the tone of his voice there. Yeah. he's. It's just, not the low. Yeah, anyways, right. Y- you can tell that James Arnold Taylor has realized he's made a mistake <laughs> by this point. <laughs> And I wouldn't even call it a mistake. I really yeah. like the way that it's done. I do too. Um, but he wouldn't have done it that way no, had he known what yeah, was going on. that it wasn't actually useful. But Yuna's telling him, hey, stop enough with this story stuff. Like, let's go. We know yeah, you're just it's, stalling. It's time to stop now. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of, <coughs> it casts the narration in a different light, you know, through the whole game up until that point. Right. It's actually kind of funny. Yeah. It's very in character for him to do that. Yeah. And uh, what I actually really liked... Um, the music that plays here is phenomenal uh, as you're sort of like going into Xanarkin. It's it's one of those things, they, they do this sometimes in RPGs like this where yeah. even during the battles, the music continues to play. It doesn't like shift to the battle. Every music. now and then, yeah, they yeah. if they want to convey like a, a different ambience, yeah. they do that and it's very effective. Yeah, the music just keeps playing yeah. through the battles. But the music here is incredible. But I really yeah. like just on that first screen as you're walking away from the campfire, like a trope of Final Fantasy is the characters walk into the main character and then it's <laughs> just everyone in the party's represented yeah, yeah, by yeah. one model. Yeah, Probably just a way to save on polygons back in the day mm-hmm. that are on screen. But, <clears throat> well actually it's not true because they were doing that even back on the, the Super Nintendo and the NES. So anyway, um, Point is, they don't do that just for that first screen. It's, it shows all of them walking together, and it, it just creates yeah, this yeah. feeling that they're going into like the end of the journey. It's like the inevitability of and that end is coming, and they're them. all going there. Yeah, On the next yeah. screen, you know, it's just Titus running through. But I just kind of liked how it, it just creates an, a, a different feeling for this area, yes, this yes. coming into Xanarkand that is really effective. It just really works. It's like they're just kind of reminding you, Yeah. hey, everyone's here. You know, it's easy to forget that as you play. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a comment from uh, Zachary Tobin that basically says that. He says he said um, that he wanted to draw attention to the song that plays throughout the Xanarkand runes. Yeah. Just a ton of meaning packed up into it. And um, that the song is called Someday the dream will end. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I don't know, it's like understanding what Titus just learned about the nature of his reality mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, where he's going to. <coughs> A dream ending is is the world ending for him. Yes. You know, it's ever it's the end of everything. You know what's so interesting about that is all the way up to the point where he had that big reveal yeah. when he touched the wall of faith. Yeah. He's thinking so hard about doing whatever it takes to make sure Yuna doesn't have to sacrifice herself for yes. the journey to be successful. And it turns out. And now out, he, it's the total reversal. Yes. Like he's yes. going to have to do that and, in order for the to be successful. And he has to lie to her. Successful. He can't tell her yes. that that's what's happened. It, it, Yuna's role yeah. became Titus's role. And I he, know. There's a flip. Yeah. There's it's a flip. just really interesting how the one person who was most adamant that we should not sacrifice somebody in order to succeed and we find yeah. any other way is willing to accept it in reverse. <laughs> um, it's always different when you're the one in control. Yeah. When you're the driver and everyone else has to is subject to whatever you do, you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Anyway, pretty yeah, interesting. That's fascinating. But. Uh, there was another good comment here from JH. 
Uh, he said, in my last run of FF10, I noticed the very first summoner gravesite you encounter on Gagazette mirrors the pile of your party's weapons that you see in the opening shot of uh, the Xanarkin right. campfire scene. Right. Got Waka's ball, which is like the rock, and then you've got Yuna's staff, which is like the mm. big you know, spike pillar, and then I think you have Titus's sword as well. Sticking but it, it there, looks yeah. like a gravestone, at least yeah. according to the ones we saw in Mount Gagazette. That you were kind of seeing as you were going up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I like that. That was a good comment, JH. I figured mm-hmm. I'd bring that up here. Yeah. So <laughs> as you arrive, um, there's kind of a domed area that you that the party's kind of going into, and you're met by somebody who looks like like a clergyman of Yevon at first. Yes. Yeah. And well, he may have been at one point. At one point, <laughs> <laughs> says uh, journeyer of the long road. Name yourself. And Yuna steps up. I'm the summoner Yuna. Yeah. I've come from the island of Bisay. And apparently word has not reached this guy that Yuna is a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not yet. That's the part that's that's where you start thinking, wait, wait a minute, there's something off right. about this guy. Uh, at right? the same time though, it's like, well who who would have given him the message? Yeah, who would have come all the way to Xanarkin to do that? Yeah. Also, where does that guy live? <laughs> <laughs> I had right. a lot of thoughts when we first see him, and then it turns out Yeah. He's not actually an alive he's person. Unsent. Yeah. Um, and I love the way they reveal that too. So yes, yeah. He says, your eyes, my dear, show me the long road you've traveled. And so he just looks at her. Very good. You've journeyed well. Lady Unaleska will surely welcome your arrival. Go to her now and bring your guardians with you. Go. And then he walks towards the screen as they go in and he just sort of slowly disappears. Yes. And then the now, fireflies are sort of Now, I there. did have, the, I was just wondering at this point, is that is this a rendering trick? Sometimes characters when they get too close to the camera uh, will right. disappear so that you can see, see your party. Through it, yeah. I couldn't tell if this was a video game thing <laughs> or and, but as you keep walking through the ruins, you see tons of these mm-hmm. people and and people of the past are constantly appearing in little yes. vignettes, little images all yes. throughout and it's like, "Hey, no one that you encounter here is a real person. They're uh, they're all fake." And what was interesting is like on the way in, I think Waka said something like this place looks like the far plane or something. Ah, yes. And and um Aaron responds to him, might as well be, or something yeah, like yeah. that, or pretty close, or anyway. Um, but there are so many pyreflies here that, like, yeah, the images of or memories from the past mm. are like, kind of constantly popping up around them, including Braska Jack and Aaron's. Yes, they keep popping up. Which you get more detail on what happened at the end of their journey, which is pretty cool. Yep. Um, so there's one more thing I have to mention though before we get too far. Um, when Riku and Yuna um, are saying goodbye, I don't know what they're doing. Where Riku's trying to convince Yuna to not go, oh, and yes. Yuna's like, "It's all good, but thanks for being there for me." Right? Yes. And they kind of, um, you know, have a moment there. Uh, in the English, she says, "Thank you." But in the Japanese, she says, I really like you, is what she says. You know what's so interesting about that? Um, Is later in the, well, this will be next episode, but it's the same thing where they translate thank you differently. Yes, they do that multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it'll probably be a separate episode. I actually took a few more translation notes. The translations start changing a lot from this point in the game specifically. Yeah. There's a lot of differences, (laughs) but that's one of them. Yeah, so yeah. I just figured I'd bring that up. That might be interesting. I, di- I didn't realize that there was more than one, but there's one almost, I don't want to call it controversial, but like, you know, people kind of Kind of towards the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why she says thank you in Japanese versus what, anyways, we'll get to that yep. much later. But, yep, we will. 
Um, so once they're inside the structure, uh, they see two ghosts enter. And one of them is talking about, you know, if I can benefit the future spirit, I'll gladly give my life. And it's the highest honor of a guardian to give their life, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, use my life, Lady Yokan, and rid spirit of sin. So this is one of the old summoners. Yes. So a long time ago. They're, they're kind of realizing they're seeing a past memory. Yeah, yeah. Riku, I like during that whole scene is like, like hunched <laughs> yeah. over. She's like scared of the ghosts. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like laughing at that. Now, this is something I've had like a total reversal of feelings about oh, really? since previous playthroughs. Um, I, I started even to write down in my notes, the camera here is absolutely psychotic and it's so distracting. Yeah. Because it's like flying up like directly into Lulu's bust and then it like does this <laughs> in, like yeah, yeah. really crazy flip and turn and like it zooms over here to <laughs> Auron and it's just like doing this really erratic yeah. movement. And I was like, this is like whack. Like yeah. why on previous playthroughs? And I was starting to take that note here. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, wait a minute. Because I, I think what I typed was, um, I have no idea what this camera is meant to convey. And then I stopped mm. to think about it. I was like, okay, let me try really hard to think about why they did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I figured it out. These are pyreflies flying around them, taking oh. the memory of what they're doing. We are in the POV of a pyrefly sort of erratically I had no, flying around. I had no thought to that. Like this. Like Navi, uh, Navi at the beginning of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. She runs into the fence. Right. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing. And wow. they're recording this discussion that we're having because they record everything. They record yeah. every memory of every person that comes in here. So these are pyreflies sort of, because I noticed it wasn't just here <coughs> in this conversation. It's also, it's like used throughout this whole place. Hmm. This, these camera movements that are just like, wee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like that. I like that. A I lot. believe that the reason they did that is because they're meant to convey pyreflies are like recording us yeah. right now. And it's like they're the camera. The pyreflies are the camera. So they just go around and absorb the consciousnesses of everything around them and they just kind of recreate the image. Mm -hmm. And that's what they, that's how you project using them. That's mm -hmm. I think that's a really good observation. I, I think, think that's that, probably true. Cuz that that yeah style of camera move is used nowhere else in the game other than here. Yeah. And so that to me has got to be the reason why they like are that. doing that. I think that's it, it's got to be purposeful if it's if it's not used anywhere else. It's exactly. not just, Oh, it's my like, style oh, of camera. We let the intern we let the intern do the camera work for this scene. <laughs> no, of course not, right? So <laughs> Exactly. That's why I think it's 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 so erratic. The camera is so erratic in the scene. Okay. At least it makes sense to me as a reason. Um but Aaron does say here, this dome is filled with pyreflies. It's like one gigantic sphere. People's thoughts remain here forever. Yep, yep, yep. So that's what the pyreflies are doing. They're recording everything that's happening. Um, as you kind of continue inside, you actually see a scene with Seymour as a child. It took me a minute to realize that was him. Yeah. But because his hair, instead of having the big, it's like short Kingdom Hearts <laughs> things, he's got like shorter ones. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty yeah. funny. <coughs> um, He's begging his mother not to become a faith. And, and, and in this case, a faith <coughs> for the final summoning, like the, the yeah. final Aeon faith. 
Yeah. That's what his mother's here to do, and he's trying to like convince her not to do it. He's like crying, right? And uh, there's got to be another way. He's saying <clears throat> the same way that Titus yes. and Oren were and saying. And even Oren, that, yes, yeah. yeah. There's got to be another way. There's got to be another way. Yeah. And his mother says, "There is no other way. Use me and defeat sin. Only then uh, will the people accept you." So it's almost like, oh, she almost had a different Seymour reason for doing it. Had come here with his mother. Yeah. Like his mother was his guardian or something, and he was going to be the summoner to defeat sin. And she was going to be his final aeon. That's what it feels like to me. But obviously it didn't go that way. No, because he didn't die and the summoner dies. Right. One thing that you might want to keep in mind here is that uh, there are optional aeons to get in the game. Yeah. Um, like Yojimbo we talked about last time. Yojimbo, yeah. One of them is Anima. Right. Um, which was the summon that Seymour was using earlier in the game. Yep. You can get that Aeon at the Baj Temple, which is um, the the very first place Titus fell into when he came into Spira, the ruined yep. sort of temple there, right? You can return there with the airship after basically the entire section of what we're talking about today. So at this mm. point, we couldn't have seen it yet. Okay. And I had just played up to the point where I got the airship and then I stopped. Ah, I see. This would have been the point where I would have gone to collect all the Everything optional else. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I haven't done it yet. Okay. So that's why I have not seen this cutscene yet <laughs> with Anima. Um, but know, <laughs> know that um, there's a continuation of this little scene between Seymour and his mother. Yeah, there's more to it, but it's, yes. it's hidden content. But yeah. it's optional, optional content at the Baj Temple when you go get the Anima Summit. Yes, there is a secret about who the Anima is Yes. Who the faith is yes. and how it all kind of ties into Seymour's story. But what we see in this scene is Seymour as a boy yeah. crying, begging his mother not to it's go not. through with becoming a faith. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. wants to willingly sort of become a faith. She's saying that this is the only way and things like that. And he's begging her there's got to be another way. It's the only way that, because Seymour's being half Guado, this is before the time where the Guado were accepted, right? I think Jiskel, I would think so. Jiskel yeah. was, I think, the first. Like Guado to be a maester, right? And yes. where the, the races and, like and brought in welcomed him to their in. culture. Exactly. Right. And so this was before that, I believe, or around that time. Yeah. In which case, um, Seymour's mother felt like she needed to do stuff to make sure that everyone really liked her son. So it was kind of self-sacrificial, but in a, <coughs> I don't know. We'll, in the hope that her son would be We already accepted. know Seymour's screwed up, right? Yes. And so it didn't work, but that was, you know, her mother's her, perspective was, yeah. hey, I'm going to stop being your mom to be a faith and that will be good for you and that yeah. was her thinking and i don't wouldn't argue that it turned out very well we have just a very small piece of this story at this point there will be more to it yes when you go into baj temple so maybe make sure you do that if you want to see yes do that and then we'll talk about it next we'll episode. talk about it next time anyways pretty interesting little scene there um but then you see braska oren inject um Oren's resolve has totally failed by the time that they've gotten into Xanarkin itself. He yeah. had alluded to this back on Gagazette where it was starting to fail mm -hmm. as they were entering, but now it's like completely gone. Um, he just doesn't think that they should do it anymore. He keeps trying to convince Braska not to do it. Uh, yeah. Braska says, Oren, I'm honored that you care for me so, but I have come to kill grief itself. I really liked that line. Mm. I've come to kill grief itself. And this is actually something, remember this for 
when Yuna's talking to Unalesk about why her father did what he did. Yeah. Um, I will defeat sin and lift the veil of sorrow covering spirit. So his reason for being there is to kill grief itself, to end sorrow. That's the reason he's here, mm. right? Um, okay, then you go through the Cloister of Trials. You fight a pretty cool boss. Um, I don't know if you have any notes on any of this before continuing on after the, the big boss fight. No? Nope. Okay. Um, then you finally arrive at the Hall of the Final Summoning. Yuna yeah. goes down like an elevator. And yeah, yeah. Um, we hear Jack, <coughs> like we just hear his voice saying, huh? What do you mean no final Aeon? Yeah, and then yeah. she comes back up and is like, guys, like, well, get over here. You know what's <laughs> funny? This is the idea is like, what, like you go to the final end of your journey thinking yeah. that there's a Wizard of Oz or whatever, and yes. then you find out it was all an illusion. Like, oh, there is no final Aeon. Yeah, and, But the, the joke to that is, oh, the real final Aeon was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> now think true. about that joke. It's true. <laughs> as soon as I thought it, I'm like, oh, that's dark. <laughs> The real final Aeon uh, it's is true. your best friend. Holy fetch, that's You crazy. have to kill. That's messed up. Dude. It's screwed up. Well, yeah, because Zeon was the first final Aeon, and he was Unaleska's husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so deep. deep. You, they all go down together, <coughs> and there is no faith there. And um, the, yeah, the, he's the, gone. the guy, the... Yevon clergyman looking guy who disappeared before, he comes in to kind of explain it. Um, says the statue lost its powers of faith long ago. It is Lord Zeon, the first faith of the final summoning. What you see before you is all that remains of him. Lord Zeon is, his soul is gone. It's just his armor, right? Yeah. And the armor would represent like the, the shell, like his shell is what's left. Right. And then you would, you could parallel that with sin being the husk, right? Yeah. The husk of sin. The armor of and you, Yevon. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Is that really him, or is it, it is all that remains his husk, but his husk is animate and kills people, so. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all freaking out, like, what do you mean there's no final Aeon? Yeah. And he's like, fear not, Lady Unalaska will show you the path. The final Aeon will be yours. The summoner and the final Aeon will join powers. Go to her now. Inside, the lady awaits. Yeah, so what I got here, he no longer exists. That's because... He becomes sin. <coughs> yeah. Then when sin is killed, he's he's gone. Yeah. And then he's replaced by the new one. Yeah. So the new faith never can be in a sealed, you know, right. away in this little thing. Because that faith has to Yeah. They become sealed away inside sin. Um fuse with like you Yevon and Sin. Exactly. Right. So that's why it's empty. And every time the new one comes it get it fuses. With sin. <clears throat> which is what happened to Jack. So Riku and Titus are confronting Aaron. Like, why didn't you tell us this? You knew this the whole time. You didn't say anything. <laughs> this is the question <laughs> I asked last yeah. episode. He says, if I told you the truth, would that really have stopped you from coming? <coughs> right. Um, it might have. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I, well, yeah. it wouldn't have stopped Yuna probably. Uh, well, I don't know. And no one's going to like give up you know, guarding Yuna. It wouldn't have stopped Yuna, which means it wouldn't have stopped anyone else. Right, because they all follow her. Um, So you go inside, uh, Unalaska meets you, and she congratulates Yuna for completing the pilgrimage, asks her to choose which of her guardians will become the faith of the final summoning. 
and her dialogue here, there must be a bond between Chosen and Summoner, for that is what the final summoning embodies, the bond between husband and wife, mother and child, or between friends. If that bond is strong enough, its light will conquer sin. A thousand years ago, I chose my husband, Zeon, as my faith. Our bond was true, and I obtained the final Aeon. There is nothing to fear. You will soon be freed of worry and pain. For once you call forth the final Aeon, your life will end. Death is the ultimate and final liberation. Yeah. Your father, Braska, chose this path. Uh, Unileska sounds a touch like Seymour, uh, don't you lot. think? <clears throat> More than a touch like Seymour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. If death is the ultimate liberation, why are you doing any of this? I know. Why not? Why are you battling death? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, so then we see another scene. Because she kind of goes in the door. And, and so we see another scene where yeah. between the past Oren, Braska, and Jack, where they're trying to decide if they're really going to go through with this. And um, he, he's like pleading with Braska not to do it. And Jack offers to become the faith for the yeah. final summoning willingly. Right. Because he has no hope of going back to Xanarkand. He can't, his he can't go back. Yeah, and so at that point he's like, well, what do I have to live for? All he wanted to live for was his son. Yeah. And <coughs> the best he can do for his son at this point is help other people and try to be a good person. You know? This was also a comment, forgive me, I don't remember the commenter no. from last week's video, um, who was asking a question about if Spira, or if Xanarkand is, is physically in Spira out in the ocean somewhere, mm. like why couldn't Titus just go back there or something? Um, we're going to get more like in detail into answering that question <laughs> in probably the very final episode. So next week, <clears throat> episode 14, is gonna be like the end of the game, but I think we'll do one more after that where okay. we'll kind of revisit <clears throat> the first scene and, and yeah, some yeah. things that we've been talking about we wanted, we're wanting to do. <laughs> um, and we'll, we'll get into like a more in-depth explanation for this because I, I have a feeling there's some answers there in the Ultimania that okay, go yeah. further than this. But what yeah. we at least know from the text that we played today after this scene is over, this whole Unalesca part's over, and Aaron is explaining to Titus why he came to watch over him, because uh, yeah. Jack asked him to. He yes. said something like, death has its advantages. Like, for one, I could ride, ride sin, sin and get into Dream Xanarkand. Back to Xanarkand, exactly. So yeah. that insinuates to me the <clears throat> only way to get back there is to be dead or unsent. If you're alive, I guess, at least that's what that tends to insinuate. Again, I think there will be a more in-depth explanation later that we'll research and get into. <laughs> um, but I found that line very interesting. So, Jack yeah, could <clears throat> not go back. He realized that he had no hope of going back. Yeah. Or at least he had given up hope that he could go back. But the key is to be able to go there with sin. It, it, sin has to carry you into the place. Yeah. Right? Um, so you can't just like, oh, go back in the ocean and swim back in Dreams Anarchy. Like, sin has to be the one to take you there. Um, and it seems that Aaron was able to do that because he was dead. He was unsent and he rode sin. And I'm sure Jacked being sin had something to do with that too. I, I have oh, this feeling yeah. that like, and we sort of alluded to this, again this is more theory territory again, but like the, the faith like hacked sin 
by getting their dream character yes. to be Sin. Is a Trojan horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they did a Trojan horse and it So they have a guy on the inside <clears throat> kind yeah. of a thing. And so anyways, there's a whole aspect of that to it. But yeah, point is, Jack couldn't go back. He, he realized that, so that's why he's decided to become a thing. Um, but I liked that he says his dream was to turn Titus into a star blitzball player. Yeah, he's like yeah, regretting yeah. that he didn't have a, the ability to be able to go back and yeah. do that. And he, he wanted to show him the view from the top. From the top, yeah, as a star. Yeah. Uh, but now he knows he can never go back home. So he thinks that by fighting Sin with Braska and by becoming the faith for the final summoning, that it will give his life meaning. Yeah. So he he's realized by this point in his character progression, you know, his character, not prog progression, his character arc, mm. Um, that the life he lived in Xanarkand as this sort of like alcoholic, like star blitzball player, mm. vain person was a meaningless life. Yeah. And now he's kind of like wanting to make his life have a purpose to it. And so this is how he's going to do that, right? Mm. Um, <coughs> Oren is saying a lot of the same things that Titus and Riku have been saying for a while. Yes. It, it, the, the younger Oren in this cutscene. Um, there must be another way. We'll yep. think of something. Um, again, the, the camera is doing that same sort of erratic movement this is yeah. like I said I feel like it's Pyrefly sort of recording the scene um, Arun tries to tell him that sin always comes back yep. and that they're throwing their lives away for nothing and it was interesting that Braska says but there's always a chance it won't come back this yeah, time. Yeah. so Braska still believes in the teachings of Yevon yes um, and we're gonna learn from Unaleska here very shortly that the teachings of Yevon are a false tradition, completely false tradition. Yeah. Um, and I love how Jekt says here. Yeah, after the memories. I un I understand what you're saying, Aaron. I'll find a way to break the cycle. Ah, I see. And and Aaron says you have a plan. And Braska says Jack, and he says, "Trust me, I'll think of something." And yes. It's yeah, yeah. it's funny because he has no idea. Just like Titus, I have no idea, but I'll find a way. I'll find a way. But it's cool because, yeah. like, he was able to find a way because he I became know. Sin. I know. He became Sin, and which allowed him to, to go back to Xanarkin, from the inside, yeah. get his son and bring yes. him out. Like, he he was able to find a way because he became Sin. Yeah. He, didn't, he just didn't realize that was what was about to happen. Um, so I kind of liked that line, uh, I'll find a way to break a cycle, and he did. He really did when he became Sin. Uh, but Aaron... Yeah. After, I, I love how he runs up and starts to like try to cut or like yes, slash at his, his younger self. self like, yeah. oh, how did idiot. you let them Like, do how that? did you let this happen? Yeah. And he says, um, and the cycle went on. And nothing changed. Yep, nothing changed at all. Oh, wait. In English, he says, and so the cycle went on. In Japanese, he says, and, oh, and, and nothing, nothing changed. changed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Titus here is trying to insist even further they'll break the cycle this time. Waka yeah. asks him how. And like, he's like, got nothing. I don't know, yes. but we're going to find a way. Lulu volunteers to become the faith for the final summoning. Waka does. <coughs> he's just like, that's not going to change anything. <coughs> yeah. You'd bring a calm and then what? That won't break the cycle. You're just yes. feeding into this. Waka and Lulu try to tell him that it, it, it's impossible to break the cycle. 
Like if you want everything, you'll end up yes, with nothing. If you want everything, you'll end up with nothing. And it, that's so true. Uh, it, unless you're in a movie or a game, right? Yes. Um, but in life, that's so true. It's like bowling a 7-10 split right down the middle, right? Yeah. So it's like, ah, I can't pick between the two, so you just go in the middle and you miss both. Yep. Yeah. I, I love Titus's response. It is so childlike. But I want everything! But I want everything! <laughs> yeah. And I like how Waka calls him out. Now you're just being childish. Which exactly. But then I like his response to that. I give up. So what would an adult do then? They know they can just throw away a summoner, that they, they, they can do whatever they like. You're right, I might not even have a chance, but no way am I going to just stand here and let Yuna go. And what Aaron said about there being a way, I think it's true. And Riku says, you'll think of something? And he says, yes, I'll go ask Yuna Leska. She's got to know something. Which is genius. I wonder how many of the summoners do you think had a, a conversation with Yuna Leska Probably about anything? None. I would guess none. Because they all bought into the teachings yes. of Yevon. Where it's like, hey, so what really happens? And it's amazing how upfront Unaleska is about everything. Yeah. But... It's actually so surprising that she is that it's almost yes. hard to believe that it she is, would do that. Why is, would she tell the truth? I, that's a great question because it's the end of the game and we want answers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, the... Well, no. Why would What I'm about to say is wrong. I already know it's wrong because of Auron. I would guess that when you're an unsent, you're you're you just have le you have less inhibitions, I guess. But that's not true because Auron is very secretive of everything. Unalesca wants the cycle mm. to continue. So why would so she why tell wouldn't the she truth? just tell them the teachings of Yevon's version? Yes, this might be the last time. Now, it could be you who finally yes. defeats Sin. I I will say that it didn't bother me until. It didn't bother me because I thought I had a way of getting around that, and I don't think I do because the fiends are very secretive, like Mika, Micah, Seymour, yeah. and Oren. So it's not just that once you're dead, you just divulge information. That's not it. Yeah. So yeah, you have a very good point there. And um, it's like the fact that she like just game. tells them the truth. You're right. We we need we, we need, want answers, man. We need the reveal. Yes. But it doesn't make a ton of sense to me that Unalesco would do this if no, her goal is to keep the cycle going. What would have been better would have been we see more um, uh, Pyrefly images, visions of Auron afterwards yes. saying, hey, but what about this? There's a paradox here. How can this be resolved? Or yeah. something like that instead of her just divulging the So she were to give, if she were to give to them, let's say the, uh, the Yevon's teachings answer. This yes. could be the final time, and yes. maybe Sin will be defeated and, forever. And if we've atoned, and then it but will then go we away. see young Auron in a flashback. But Saying, what about you this? Lied. Yeah, and, and it's and and it's and getting into an argument that reveals the actual truth. Yes, and uh, like, where she's like, "I'm going to kill you now." And yeah, the only reason I would answer you, you know, there is that aspect to it, though. How many people have Unile has Unileska killed? How many summoners? We know that by extra means oh, like sending tools out yeah we know she kills people that way but how many people has she personally killed because once you step into that room that plane the platform in the stars and stuff and yeah. you talk to her um can you ever leave there ever unless like you has a her. summoner ever tried giving ha up because because <laughs> if a summoner asks her the questions and she tells them the truth and then the summoner leaves she kills them yeah. she's like uh oh, you can't leave i'm gonna kill you yeah, yeah right. are you gonna do this or not okay then you're dead 
How many, because if anyone's asked those questions and not gone through with it, she just kills them because that's what she tried to do with us. I suppose there so could that have could been. be it. So she's probably, because here's the weird thing at the very end, and we're, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I think it's important. At the very end, after we do away with Yonaleska, um, she doesn't seem like that horrible of a person. In fact, yeah. she even apologizes to Zaun for Zaun, Zaun, Zaun. Zaun. Okay. Sounds like Zion when you pronounce it that way. Yeah. Japanese, it's Zaun. <coughs> but but um, she apologizes and says, I'm sorry for everything. And she she really was, because we're like, there's another way. And she's like, there is no other way. Like, Unaleska was very adamant that she was being very honest. I don't know. I, I, I feel like casting her as just a bad guy or a bad character or an evil character yeah. is incorrect given what we learn about her after we're done fighting her. She's doing her best to preserve life in Spira. Yeah. And if that means sacrificing a few people to like sacrifice 20 people so that 20,000 can live, she's, she's making that choice, right? Yeah. For everyone else, which isn't right, but she's trying to do what's right because she doesn't, she doesn't know how to defeat sin. It's not, it's not like we went in there and we found out that she knew all along how to defeat sin, but she just wants to feast on the bodies of summoners. It was, she doesn't know how to, and this is the best that she has. And, and when you look at her in that light, the fact that she's honest and forthcoming maybe makes a little bit more sense. It's not so like she is honest, but she's going to do what it takes to preserve life in Spira. And if yeah. that means killing you, then so be it. She's chosen that path, you know? Yeah. Maybe that can help yeah, uh, resolve that a little bit. <coughs> so it's, it's like uh, maybe from her perspective, hmm. what's the harm in telling the truth? Because if they reject it, then I'll just kill them. Yeah. And the next summer who comes up will be the one. To, it's to not like they're them. ever going to get out of there. Yeah. Except, you know, we do. But <laughs> yeah. We're different. Um, we, we bowl the 7-10 split, and we hit both pins. <laughs> right down the middle. Well, I talk about this later. There's a fun analogy there. Oh, one thing I wanted to say here about yeah. Titus um, saying, I'll go ask Unaleska. She's got to know something. Yeah, that's so smart, though. Um, Riku says, you really think she's going to help? And he says, I don't know, but I have to try. This is my story. It'll yes. go the way I want it, or I'll end it here. And oh, I did. Man. He I, says that several times throughout. As as he said that, I was like, I, I didn't yeah. like that. No, I didn't like that. It's wrong. And someone it's called selfish. him out, right? Doesn't someone call yes, him out on that? Yes, Yuna does. Good. And she says, "Wait, you say it's your story, but it's my story too." You know, like yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's. It's almost like he's trying to take the agency away from the other characters, right? No, this is going to go my way. And she and she he says he only does this after having that vision on Mount Gagazet of yes. learning that he's a dream. Right now, all of a sudden, he's like, "This is my story, and it's going to end how I want." He's taking charge of it, you know. Yeah. And he wasn't doing that before. Yeah. So she says, "It's my story too, you know. It would be so easy to let my fate just carry me away, following mm. the same path my whole life through. But I know I can't. What I do, I do with no regrets. So she's taking her agency back from him. Yes. And I like that. I yes. like that, that he's, they did that. Yes. He's like, I'm going to save you. And she's like, save me from making my own choice, choice on yeah. my own behalf. Yeah. No, no thanks. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I do like that when she goes in to meet with Unalaska, who <coughs> asks her to make a choice about which guardian will become the faithful yeah. final summoning, she's like, hold on. Like... Just tell me this first. Like, can sin actually be defeated forever? Yes. And Unaleska says no. No. Yes. Sin is eternal. Yes. Sin cannot the be The Japanese defeated. word was immortal. Yeah. Yeah. 
And this is where Waka starts to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I know, because the atonement. <laughs> see, you know what's funny? That's almost a catch-22 yeah. Yeah. with um, with Unaleska here, where mm-hmm. she's giving honest information. If it weren't for Waka bringing up that, I don't know, but asking Unaleska, can sin be destroyed? If she said, yes, there is some other way. Yeah. Well, actually, no. She would have then said, yes, through, As the you, you might say, be the one. When you've atoned, yes. then sin can be defeated forever. If she had just she's said, choosing to be honest. If she okay. had just said the, yeah, the yeah. Yevon's teachings versions, they would have been, oh, okay, so I choose huh? Lulu, and Lulu. then it would have gone through with it. <laughs> Unless Titus decided to screwed up, man. fight, you know, anyways. You know, Lester messed up. <laughs> she, um, done, she done messed up. But she strikes me as possibly actually a, a to, honest to a fault, actually person. an honest person. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, also a very powerful person. Yeah, and Waka says, but but if we atone for our crimes, we'll stop coming back someday. It's going to be gone, yeah? And she's like, um, basically, she insinuates with her, she asks a question, but she insinuates with the question that mankind can never attain that kind of purity. Do you really think mankind will ever yes. attain that kind of purity? So it's like, yes, that's possible, but also, that's totally not possible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's probably the least possible thing you can yeah. ever think Do of. Do you really think people will ever. Yes. And this is where Lulu gets upset. This cannot be the teaching state that we can exercise (coughs) sin with complete atonement. It's been our only hope all these years. Chapter 14, verse 33 (laughs) clearly says. (laughs) Yeah, right. Open up the... And it's like, no. And here's another thought. How well has Unaleska actually kept up with the current teachings of the Church of Yemen? That's a good question. And and how, because we know that the teachings didn't start day one. Like, the church evolved. The Guado weren't even part of it. You yeah. know, a lot of the, the hardcore, um, you know, top-down oppressive doctrines seem to me to have come pretty recently, I think. Especially yeah. with the, when the Guado show up and they kind of alter the church a little bit. It seems to have evolved to this point, and nobody ever goes to Xanarkin but the summoners, and it doesn't seem like anyone gets to talk to Unaleska for that long. So she may not even really know the current, you know, up-to-date, what are they saying these days? Oh, the atonement? Oh, yeah, that's stupid, you know? Yeah. But she doesn't know that, oh, but he was taught that that was it his whole life. Mm-hmm. She's been around for a thousand years, right? right? So I just question whether or not she even was aware that, oh, are they teaching that now? Okay. Huh. Yeah. So she's just given her answers, you know? Now, I really like this next line <coughs> from Unaleska. Hope is comforting. It allows us to accept fate, however tragic it might be. Mm. That sentence, from a certain point of view... <laughs> <laughs> point of view? ...is no. the entire point of religion. Yeah, yeah. It's to a, a large way extent, for people yes. to cope with their mortality. That's what Sigmund Freud said. That's Freud's yeah. conclusion with that. Yeah, right. that it's a death anxiety is resolved through with, religious belief. With hope, yeah. whether it's a false hope or not, or whether it's a made-up story or not. Right. It gives people Here, the ability to cope with their inevitable death, right? Yeah. Anyway, I felt like that line in particular yeah, the was hope. kind of tied into the, the, the part of the thematic sort of core of this yes. game. Of, of like what is... The Yevon side of the thematic core and yeah. the, the possible... Um, criticism of religion that's going on in this game. Yes. That's probably done to, in my opinion, a lot more, um, with a lot more effect than say like the yes. trope of JRPG. I thought of that. 
The church is always yeah. evil thing. As they have this discussion, I'm like, they yeah. actually give like relatively thought out and not s overly simplistic yeah. like answers here. Like yeah, it's actually right. a pretty, it's it was an interesting conversation that they have here at the end. Yeah. And um, yeah, Unaleska saying that the religion helps you give hope. Um, the question being is, is it is it wrong that stories give humans hope? Right. Is it wrong to give people hope based on a story because all stories are by their nature omitting 99.9999999% of all the information that could have otherwise been included in that story? Then the question of was that good or bad, is that right or wrong comes into it. And that's where they're having this gray area kind of discussion here. I think it's fascinating. It was well done. They treated it well. I don't know how we would determine this, but let's say it's true that the majority of people um, cannot accept their mortality without a tremendous amount of sorrow and anxiety mm -hmm. and living a life that feels <coughs> purposeless and yeah. what's the point of this. If that's the attitude of the majority of people um, towards that fact of death, is that, it wrong that's a rough society. <laughs> to teach them that yeah. there's actually not a real death, there's life after death, and you create this whole story right. or religion around mm -hmm. it to give them hope that when they die, they don't actually die, and they'll see their loved ones again, and you can be reunited. Is that wrong society, if yeah. the majority of human beings can't accept their mortality? Probably not, but <laughs> how do we determine whether or not I, people and, can or cannot? And who has the right to make that decision choice, yeah. for everyone else? Like, oh, I'm the one per, I'm Master, Master Micah, and, or, or Unaleska or whoever, I get to decide that nobody gets to cope with their own death in their right, own way their or own whatever. Way. That, um, but in some ways that is the role of government and this is what you talked about last episode about the dangers of theocracy yes. <laughs> in general. Where it's like, hey, you, you mix meaning with government and all of a sudden your meaning becomes enforced yes. at the point of a gun and yes. it's like, well, hold on, dude. What if yeah. I don't find meaning like that, you know? Yeah, right. But, um, but uh, when you mix religion um, and government, it, the, the coercive aspect shows up. But that's what they did here. Where it's, it's totally like, well, you have to coerce. Yeah. Like, you have to, well, what about the people who are going to disrupt the religion that's giving so many people hope? We'll, we'll, we'll how is our society them without into hope? a crusader program yes. where they go die fighting <laughs> Find sin. a way to imprison them or kill them or get them Separate to kill themselves. Separate the wheat from the tares. Exactly. Get those tares out of there and burn <laughs> well, them. Well, it's a judgment. Yeah, yeah. you separate, you accept the good and push away the evil. Yep. Anyways, um, yeah, very fascinating um, discussion. I here. felt like that whole thing was embodied in that line that she said. Hope yes. is comforting, it allows us to accept fate however tragic it might be. However tragic it might be. That's the role of religion, really, is to help people cope with death. Yes, yeah. You, what is it, you lay up treasures in heaven, you sacrifice in this life so that you can have yeah. treasure in the next you life. You have this something hope like that, that something's going to be after death and that gives you yeah. the ability to live your life with purpose. And the reason to sacrifice right. in this life at all, anything, right. for anyone, you know? Right. Now, what is it? This is not yeah. to say, again, I, I started this out with, from a certain point of view. From right? a certain point of view. I'm not trying to um, offend anybody out there who's religious or even to really contradict whether or not it's true. I'm not trying to tell you that. I'm just trying to say. Or, or to say whether it's possible to not believe stories given the way that humans' brains are. Yeah, right. I'm not making any kind of statement made. of that kind. Yeah. I'm just thinking it's an interesting thing to think about. That's it. 
Um, all right, so Titus is about to run up to like yell at Unalaska at this point, but then like Aaron's former self yeah, ghost comes through. That was done so and well. Did the same thing. Yeah, that was Said, done so no! well. No, at the same time and ran yes. up. Yes, I liked that a lot. I loved that. And it yeah. was like, whoa, Jack, uh, not not Jack, previous Oren and, and Titus, they were like the same really similar. person. And so similar. Oren was even kind of clumsy back when he was younger, you know? Yeah. He was kind of not this super hardcore, you know, samurai that we see now. He was, he was different, you know? And I, it actually um, ties together on Gagazette when he was kind of chuckling and he, and he says to Titus, you remind me of myself. Yeah, At yeah, the time yeah. he said that, I was like, how? <laughs> I know, in what way? But now, yeah, yeah. I see it. I see what he sees in Titus that reminds him of himself. He was yeah. doing exactly, asking the same questions, confronting Unalaska in the same and, way. And over, um, what would you call it, uh, letting his rage take over and you yeah. know, making rash decisions like that, yeah. like, I'm going to kill Unalaska? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... Unaleska says Braska believed in Yevon's teachings. No, no, this is this is Aaron. Braska believed in Yevon's teachings and died for them. Jack believed in Braska and gave his life for him. They chose to die because they had hope. And you know, Unaleska's you know response to that is more or less the same idea. Like hope is comforting and hope people need hope and that sort of thing. Yes. He tries to attack her, and that's when he was killed. Now, not completely, because yeah. well, he totally. crawled yeah, yeah. kind of down Mount Gagazette. All the way down the again, mountain. But he died crazy. right as he met Kimari and said, please Kimari. go take this girl to yeah. Pisaid Island. And probably also, as he was put in the inn, where that person mentioned seeing yes, him. Rin. Rin, Rin yes, Rin. Rin saw him. So Kimari likely took him to the inn, laid him down, left. Rin saw him, and then he disappeared the next day. Yep. No one knew, knows where right. he went. Yep. And so yeah. the wounds he suffered from his attempted fight with Yolesco <laughs> yeah, they, or what they were horrible, him. apparently. Um, oh yeah, she says they died. They chose to die because they had hope. That's what she said in response to him. Um, right. Yevon's teachings. This is her again, Unalesca, I think. Yevon's teachings and the final summoning give the people of Spirit hope. Without hope, they would drown in their sorrow. Now choose, who will be your faith? Who will be, she, she's almost like explaining this as if it's like. Yeah, we you all know, know this, you right? Know. We, know, yeah, we yeah. know this, right? Like, this is a, a you know, this is the truth. I'm this saying, is, she may not be aware to the extent that Yevon has kind of obscured yeah. the, the true function of the actual... That's that's a, that's an interesting possibility. I, yeah. I would guess that. Yeah, it's like... Because no, who goes to Sanarkan? Like, right. very few people actually make it to her, you know? It's because she, like, explains it, but she does it without emotion or without any, like, real understanding of how this is gonna affect these people. Yes. Uh, and then she tries to move on. Like, okay, so choose someone now. <laughs> <laughs> what's well, so funny, right. think how much the world has changed in the last 20 years of what, what's acceptable to say in public or what. Sure, yeah. and And now times that by, well, what's, times that by 50, whatever, get it yeah. to 1,000. And it's like, even 20 years ago, like what, she, you know, what she's saying stuff that was very acceptable 1,000 years ago. Probably, but it's yeah. like, holy cow, man. So, so Eunice says no one, so she's not going to choose anybody. Yeah. I would have gladly died. I live for the people of spirit and would have gladly died for them, but no more. The final summoning is a false tradition that should be thrown away. And Unalesca says, no, it's our only hope. Your father sacrificed himself to give that hope to people so they would forget sorrow. Yeah. And as we heard from Braska earlier, I came to kill grief itself. Yes. He's not... He's not fighting to 
help people forget their sorrow with this false hope thing. Mm, yeah, yeah. And, and that's when she says, wrong. My father wanted to make Spira's sorrow go away, not just cover it up with lies. And Unalesca says, sorrow cannot be abolished. It's meaningless to try. Even just beyond sin, it's like life just is suffering. Yeah, okay, the, the sin won't kill them. Now they just die of cancer when they're old. Yeah. Like, okay, is that better? Yeah. Well, to make a moral judgment, it's you can't objectively say whether that's better. Right. <laughs> it's all subjective at that point. Well, they live longer, so that means it's better. Like, well, maybe, maybe not. Yuna says, <coughs> my father, I loved him, so I will live with my sorrow. I will live my own life. That's what's his final message to her in the sphere, remember? Live your life yeah. your way kind of thing. Yes. So she's taking that to heart here. And yeah. she's saying, my path is going to be to live with my sorrow, not try to cover it up with the lies of Yevon. Right. right. Um, I will defeat sorrow in his place. I will stand my ground and be strong. I don't know when it will be, but someday I will conquer it, and I will do it without false hope. And this is where Unalesca uh, says it's better to die in hope than live in despair. Wait, let me think about that. <laughs> it's better to die. Oh, okay, there you go. Die in better hope than die live in despair. Better to die in hope than live in despair. Yeah. This is exactly huh. Seymour's well, philosophy. Exactly the same. Yes, 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 yeah. That's almost like you either die young or you live long enough <laughs> to see yourself become a villain, right? Yes, right. Or you either die from sin attacking your village like a tsunami and pretty quickly, mm -hmm. or, or the vaporizing gun blast where it's like ba basically instant when the crusaders were fighting him. Yeah. Or you live to get cancer and you die a slow, very painful death over the course of like three years. Yeah. And um, uh, <laughs> it's the same, the same question as before, <laughs> which is morally superior. But the, yeah. the bigger question is who gets to decide that, me or you? Yeah. Like if right. I if it's my life, then I'd rather and I say I'd rather die slowly of cancer <laughs> over the <laughs> years. Then who are you to tell me that an instant death when I'm younger is is, is preferable? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So she says, "Let me be your liberator." Now I love the music for this boss fight, and, and particularly Oren's speech as it sort of builds mm -hmm. right up to it. Now this is it. Now is the time to choose: die and be free of pain or live and fight your sorrow. This is the real <laughs> reason why Aaron yes. is doing this, why he wanted to go on the Vengeance pilgrimage again. On Yuna he was like, all right, Yuna, I've got like 10 friends now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you, yeah. You, buy, you beat me one-on-one, -on -one, but. He's, he's, <laughs> he's come back to finish. He what did, tried and he to didn't hint ago. to any of that on his way up. Yep. But now it's just all laid bare. He's know? this is this is his moment. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is Aaron's moment. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's finally, you know, come full circle. Now is the time to shape your stories. Your fate is in your hands. And then uh, they fight Lady Unalesco. Yep. Um, I, like, I like, they all kind of have a line. This they is do. This it's is an anime, anime yeah. tropey thing where everyone's yes. got to have something to say first. Yes. But there's a couple of good lines in and I oh, really, sure. really loved Waka's. I yes. can't believe we're going to fight Lady Unalesco. Give me a break. <laughs> I laugh so hard. That's like he's come so far he's, though. He's he's really come so he far. He has, but it's just like exasperating at this point. Like, oh my gosh, 
we we killed a maester. We yes. became like traitors to Yevon. Excommunicated. Yevin. And, like yeah. all, I had to like become friends with the Albed and fly in a <laughs> Machina right. airship. That's like, right. Like like this is like the last straw. He's just so done with this. Like I can't believe we had to fight Lady Udaleska. Give me a break. That's so funny, it's man. So That's so funny. Good. That's so good. I really like it. And, and Lulu, of course, is like, well, you could just run away right now. And he's like, nah. nah. I could never forgive Screw myself these guys. for, you know, abandoning my friends at this point. Come way too far, right? I like the cameras kind of um, flickering a little bit as it's showing everyone. There's yeah, a bit of static like a, like a kind of going on. Kind of thing, yeah. There's a reason for that. I kind of have had to think about this, but um, the, the, there's like a static effect uh, right before the fight, and it's it feels to me almost like reality breaking down, which is true, which it is breaking down. The reality of their world is being torn apart. And it's a good example of what's happening in their minds and hearts right now, right? They're about yeah. to destroy the world. And you know, a lot of Final Fantasy games end with this like reality breaking moment that is strange. And you know, something comes in that just kind of alters your perception of reality. Mm -hmm. uh, but in order for that to happen, it needs to break your current perception, you know? And they're kind of breaking, and reality's breaking, right? I said wrote here, they are about to destroy the world, bowl a 7-10 split, and hope that if they bowl the ball hard enough, they can throw it right down the middle, break the entire building, and destroy the whole game in the process. I like that analogy. Where it's like, I can't do a 7-10 split, are you kidding me? Like, you're gonna force me to so make So gonna throw the bowling ball at your face? Oh, screw the game, break the machine that picks up the pins. Yeah. Just break everything and just like ruin the game. Just clear this, the chessboard and say, screw you guys. False choice. I can't win. You put me in, a, in an unwinnable situation, I'm breaking the game, I'm making new rules. Yeah. Oh, and then Titus says, you know, this is our story. Now there let's we see go. This through together. Oh, that's so big yeah, because um, that. that's huge for reasons. For reasons. Yes. Um, Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit here. It's good for reasons that Unaleska talks about after the fight. Yes. Um, but I do have to bring up the fact that Unaleska is basically naked. Yes. Um, so Unaleska's nakedness here, in my opinion, it serves a really good purpose, actually. Mm. Um, her nakedness represents the religion in a single image, I think. Right, so you have... Oh, like Yevon Yevin laid bare almost. Yes, thing, exactly. Right? Yeah. Their, you've, they, their nakedness has been uncovered. And yeah. that's how, that's almost how I interpreted it visually and symbolically as I was hearing her be so honest about all the teachings. Where yeah. it's like, it's all being laid bare. Like, that's what she does. She lays bare the precious things that yeah. she has. <laughs> right. In, in a way, in a manner of speech, right? Yeah. So that's, that, and that's what she is doing for the church. There is beauty in the female form. And so you have the beauty of hope, right? The beauty mm. of the religion is also laid bare, where it's like you have, you have the hope and, and the, the light that comes from that. You also have everything else that comes with it, and, and it's, all, it's all just there, right? There's the good, the bad, the beautiful, the ugly, the evil. You can kind of see the that good. in the, how she evolves through the fight too, where like the, the, yeah. the, the oh, yeah. tentacles, but the then Medusa. it becomes the Medusa head Basically, with yes. the snakes. Yes. So you see like the hidden ugliness And that becomes laid bare as well. That's a good, yeah. I, I didn't write that down, but that's a good observation right. as well. <clears throat> yeah, so it's all, it's it's the true intentions of Yevon. It's the actual, it's what's behind the cloaks and the mirrors and the smoke and the, what's Doctor, the Wizard of Oz, what's he behind? Behind the curtain. The curtain. Yeah. yeah, and it's all just opened up, you know, just like exposed it all to the world, right? The robes, the, uh, 
the robes. I even put this, um, what's behind the cloaks and sashes and robes of the maesters, right? Yeah. Um, Unaleska, though, she's fascinating. She has golden eyes and silver hair, right? <coughs> so um, the feminine is represented by the moon. Unaleska is Una, which is the hibiscus, which is the night, right? We've often seen the Unaleska is represented by the moon. And on the map of Spira, you can see it. <coughs> and then Zaun, Zeon is the sun, right? And so you get that kind of imagery here yeah. uh, between the, the moon and the sun. But, and I wrote this down r- really well here, but I've got a few more symbolism things to get through, right? She has golden eyes, but you, um, Zeon is dressed in golden armor, mm. basically. And um, so you have the sun and the moon, but the sun is more or less being reflected in her eyes. It's not, she doesn't have any elements of the sun or gold on her. I think she maybe does have some gold like on, like around her waist or something. Um, but in an alchemical sense, we have the sun and the moon here. Uh, but the fact that she still loves Zeon. Yes. Zeon, her eyes are, st- are, are the color of Zeon, right? Zeon is reflecting in her eyes. Mm. And so that right away kind of gave me a little bit of a, of a thought that maybe she isn't just pure evil. <coughs> so... Let me, let me just kind of read my notes here because I'm jumping around too much. Okay. So the symbol of the Black Widow comes to mind for her because, and this is the issue with why when Yuna and Tita say this is our story, yes. right? Then it's so important that they do this because she didn't do this. Unaleska said, it's my story. Zeon, you have to sacrifice yourself for my, for my story. So um, that's why I think the Black Widow comes to mind. She devoured her husband in order to dominate or to produce children, the, the religion, to, to create in a creative endeavor, because the Black Widow will mate with and then kill the husband, well, the boy, the male, the yeah. other one. And then um, she will then use that to have little spider babies. So anyways, uh, Unaleska's creative act with Zeon was to create this monstrosity, but also the religion that surrounded it that was to be passed down, right? Um, But the thing is, she devoured her husband in what is supposed to be a symbiotic relationship. So you have the sun and the moon. You need both. The moon overpowered the sun. Yeah, right. And so this brings along the long dark night of Spira that would last for a thousand years. Uh, Mm. Then night one, night beat day, and now it's been night for a thousand years, right? And that's how it's been. I think that works here. So her name is similar to Yuna's, which is the hibiscus and all that. (coughs) But in this game, it's meant to symbolize the night. She has serpents on her chest, dual serpents facing each other. uh, And she also has symbols of Yevon and the other temples on her body, right? Mm. But important to note (coughs) that, and so she's the the little that (laughs) she is clothed with is the symbols of Yevon and and the religion and also the symbolism of the serpents. So it's important to note uh, that an interpolation between night and day is necessary to maintain balance. But when she kills her husband, she became the dominant force and night defeated day for a very, very long time. Zeon is arrayed in gold vestments with a white cape and get this, a purple and gold motif with green as an accent. I have questions about this and I wrote them down. So we are gonna get here. Zeon was the day and Unaleska was the night. She loved Zeon as her eyes reflect his golden armor as if she's standing right in front of him still. But in the end, her triumph was a triumph of the long and dark night. The sun, moon, day and night imagery here is evident in the Spira map and elsewhere, right? So when when Titus and Yuna decide that neither one of them is going to elevate above the other, 
they decide that it's their story together and mm -hmm. they join together instead of one overcoming the other and they fight together. And that's, that's the true bond that can defeat sin as opposed to the bond that now you kill them and then they become sin. Mm -hmm. But you, that bond actually can uh, defeat sin. But okay, I'm once again getting ahead of myself because <laughs> I just have so many thoughts here. about <laughs> There's so much going on here and I yes. absolutely love it. Um, but the interplay with Unaleska and what could have been with Una and Titus were Una to go down Unaleska's path, which she yes. easily could have. It's not like she's better than Unaleska, just naturally. Right. It's just, you know, things happen in a different way for her. <coughs> but the symbolism's there, and they just kind of made different life choices, and Titus came from a different place mm. uh, where he wasn't indoctrinated in Unaleska's religion, and that kind of made the difference right here to where they could actually do something about it. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I've got here is that as a monster, she looks like Medusa. So, yeah. oh man. Good stuff. Good stuff. It is good Watch stuff. Watch you with that. Yeah. And uh, um, she also has a lot of blue on her, but silver in general, silver is the moon, more or yeah. less, right? Mm -hmm. So the gold is the sun and silver is the moon. Yeah. I don't know, I just yeah. love it. But her hair's like, her hair's freaking crazy. I, I, um, it looks a lot like Seymour a little bit, but because like yeah. it's crazy when you first see her, but then the fight starts. It's like yeah. <laughs> even crazier. Like she yeah. just went Super Saiyan, and her hair is just like wild now. Yeah, but her hair is the her majority. The majority of the covering that she has, as in terms of clothes, is her hair, mm -hmm. right? So you would say the primary covering she has is the silver hair. Yeah. Um. So when you defeat Unaleska, she like apologizes to Zeon yeah, yeah. for failing to keep the hope of Spira alive. But, you know, they're saying, we're going to find some other way to do this. We're going to find some other way. And she says, um, there is no other way. Even even if you could defeat Sin without the final Aeon, without our way of doing it. Because the final Aeon is what calms Sin enough for the summoner to defeat To jump ship. But <laughs> if you yeah, yeah. can't calm it, it's like undefeatable, right? Right. So, it's like, even if you could defeat Sin, let's just say that that was possible without the final Aeon. You, Yevon, the Immortal, would only create a new Sin. Exactly, yeah. And this is the first time we're hearing the name Yu Yevon in the yeah, game. Yeah, in Japanese it's Ebonju. Mm. Ebonju. So, Yevon, you, it's just backwards. It's they backwards, do, they do but it's a J. Things. They yeah. do have the U sound in Japanese, so yeah. they pr pr specifically chose a J there. Yeah. <coughs> it's actually in the song, in the Hymn of the Faith, uh, that name. Um, so they're all like, who is you, Yevon, or whatever, right? Um, <coughs> but she dies there, and Titus becomes, he, he kind of, they leave with him being determined they're going to find some other way to destroy him without the final Aeon. Yeah. Then we kind of talked about this already, but as they leave, Aron reveals to Titus that he is also unsent. Well, Titus kind of, kind he of already figured it out. knew it. Titus is of, getting yeah. smarter. He's, he's not. He's there. not nearly as dense by the end of this game yeah. as he was early on. Uh, he's really matured, and you can see it. You know, they did a good job writing. I him, I, I don't know how. I didn't realize. Yeah. Back in Guadalajara, oh, the yeah, first time I it played was the so game, surprising to me too that when I first played. Uh, that Seymour basically reveals yeah. that Aaron's unsent all the way back there. It's like pretty obvious the way he says it. And it's like, yeah. how did I not get that the first time I played? Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, there were a lot of hints along the way that he was unsent. Now, here's another thing, because I made like a little um, sort of addendum clip <laughs> saying, because we, we, we've, yeah, so. Um, and someone brought up in the comments that it's not just Ginnam who, um, 
sort of like refuses to be sent, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Also, Aaron has it many times. Mm -hmm. I do think there's a difference between them. Aaron sort of like will always walk away and like put he, he distance. He takes precautions. Yeah. And he sort of like is affected by it, but yes. he, he, he always tries to put distance between himself and yes. Yuna. Ginnum doesn't do that. Ginnum uses power to like make her stop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> make yeah. her stop trying to send her. And somebody had an interesting theory. Again, sorry, I didn't take the name down, mm. but that maybe Ginnum is closer to losing her humanity entirely. Well, Lulu like hints a genuine to that. Fiend. Lulu says that she didn't see much human left in her. Right, and yeah. and so like when you're when that's this is why Yuna needs guardians in the first place when you're oh, fighting yeah. monsters in the world. Otherwise, she could just send all the monsters that she comes across. That that yeah. doesn't work anymore. Maybe at a certain point, mm. at a certain sort of like progression of transformation into a fiend as an unset. Yeah, yeah. At some point you have to actually like slay them. And you know, this is also possibly an explanation for how they couldn't have sent Seymour even if they had wanted to. Mm. Um, maybe he had progressed too far, but he, he has at least some of his humanity left in him. It's not like Ginnum where Ginnum wouldn't even speak to them anymore. Uh, so anyways, there's some gray areas mm -hmm. and questions in this, but um, it is true that, you know, throughout the whole game, Aaron has sort of, like, resisted being sent yeah. at all these points. But. I would say that uh, um, Jiskel more or less delivered the sphere. And there yeah. is an important point that we come to later on in this um, play in the game. Yeah. Um, which is you can send yourself. Yeah. If you don't want to be around anymore and yeah, you're just you done. Yeah, just accept you can Micah your, does this. I know. <laughs> at, at that point, it's like, okay, you know what? There's probably a gradient. I assumed that all fiends were more or less the same, but there's probably a gradient. If you really are done with this and like, screw this, I'm out, you can just leave and yeah. you're done and you're out. Right. Um, Jiskel was probably pretty close to that. He didn't have a grudge that kept him on the earth other than revealing the thing. And once that yes. was done, he's like, okay, I'm done. He could have sent himself, but you know, was there and it just took two seconds. Yeah. But anyone that resists being sent would likely take longer yeah. to send. And yeah. I see that, especially after seeing what, what happens with Maester Mika. Right. Anyway, interesting sort of conversation about yeah. who can be sent and who can't. Yeah. Um, Titus then asks him why Aaron came to watch over him. Yeah, and Aaron yeah, shows him his memories where Jekt asks Aaron to take care of his son, right? His yeah, crybaby yeah. son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Aaron gives his word that he'll do it and that he'll find a way to get to his <coughs> dreams, Anarchand, right? Even though he doesn't know how, he, he gives him a promise that he'll find a way. Um, and then I took down the, the, the line from from Aaron. Being dead has its advantages. Yes. I was able to ride Sin and go to your Xanarkin. This insinuates to me he had to be dead in order to be touched by Sin and ride in there. Y also, yeah, in order to ride Sin, yeah. I think that Jekt being Sin helped too. Oh, yeah. With, okay, Aaron, I'll give you a ride to come find my son in Xanarkin, right? Because you, ha sin has to be involved. Yes. There was somebody who was asking yes, about. Yes, yes, yes. I can't remember who it was. Someone was asking about why can't he just swim back into Xanarkin? We kind of already talked about this, but I just don't remember. I, I, I think sin has to be involved. You can't just swim there by yourself. Yeah. Sin has got to carry you in and out. I, I, I have a thought too. I don't know how well this is hinted at, but is Xanarkin? 
in the normal ocean or is it created of water that is actually elevated up in the, in the air? Oh, where is Dreams Anarchand? Is Dreams Anarchand up? It's I in a physical place. I seem to remember. I think it could be up in the air. I seem to remember. And this is an Ultimania question that we'll probably get into in episode 15. Okay. But I seem to remember that there was somewhere in the Ultimania where it says it's at some spot in the ocean. And it's level with the ocean. In like the down. southwestern sort of portion of the map in, okay. in sort of like the larger ocean area. Okay. But I don't remember specifically, well, we'll, we'll and that'll be that answered when I have a chance okay. to look at it again. Um, <clears throat> okay. So... So I have a few more notes real quick just to get to where we're at here. <coughs> um, about Unalesca, I wrote that she was trying to do her best and do the right thing. She just didn't know how else to help the people of Spira. It's not even that she was misguided. It's just that she wasn't creative enough to think of something like what the faith had dreamed up yes. to free everyone from the last from one, the last 1,000 years of torment. It's like she just wasn't creative enough. Yes. That, that's like her core fault. She didn't think outside the box. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, once you die, I think you, well, it, it's not explicitly stated in this, in this um, game, but it seems to be implied with uh, Micah and with the other people. Once you die, you don't like change. Mm. Like when you die and you, even if you come back as a fiend, it's like you're who you were and that's who you're always going to be, right? Yeah. You're kind of stuck at that point when you died and you're not going to like develop as a, as a person, you know, later on beyond that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong about that, but that's, that's what I think. And that's a good analogy towards the leaders of the religion being dead and in unchangeable. Basically. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but so there's that. Um, and then Yuna says, I, I can't believe what we just did after they killed Unaleska, which is more or less what they said after they killed Seymour. Yeah. And it's so funny. You got this band, you got this little band of like bumbling fools who are trying to save the world and trying to help the church. And then they show up and they accidentally kill the leader of the church. And like, it was an accident. He was, he attacked us first. Yeah. And then they go to this other place and they destroy the whole hope. <laughs> of, the, of the entire world, and they're like, "Well, we didn't mean to, but she was she was going to kill us first, you know." And yeah. it's like it's just funny. Wherever they go, they happen to accidentally take down an entire pillar of the of the whole establishment that their entire culture is based on. Yeah, it's so funny, and they're not even really doing it on purpose. No. So as you leave the dome, the sun has come back <laughs> up. Yes. And sends outside. He's right there. <laughs> it's freaky and it's kind of cool, but it's fascinating because he's not doing yeah, anything. Right. He's, he's just, just Jack is just waiting to be like, okay, so like, what are you? What are we What's doing? What's the news? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened? And Titus tells him, like, I know the final summoning is gone, but I'm gonna think about. I'm gonna think of something. I'm gonna think real hard. Just give me a little more time. <laughs> And it's interesting because Sin just kind of turns around and leaves and the airship just flies right past right it. Right past it. And why did the ship do that? I get why Sin didn't attack it, but yeah. why did the ship decide? Oh, we'll just fly right by Sin. Yeah. There's Sin right we there. We could curve or we can go straight. <laughs> the only obstacle is Sin. <laughs> but let's, you know, I think we'll he be fine. He doesn't seem aggressive. Yeah, this is fine. Let's go take the shortcut through Sin. It's just a cool shot. It is a cool shot. But and um, that when I see the airship come back, that's where that's what got the gears spinning for me, right? Yeah. So seeing our airship come back makes me think even more <coughs> that there's a connection between the Albed and Zeon specifically. Oh, with now the we're purple going and back, gold yes, stuff. Yes, we're going back to the beginning of all of this. The colors, the purple and gold with the green, it uh, looks very similar. But on top of it all is the cape. 
Zayon is wearing a white cape, right? Mm. And you notice there's that weird kind of cloth covering at the bottom of the ship. It's oh, like yeah. always just kind of hanging there, right? Was this like Zayon's Air Force One? <laughs> I don't freaking know. It's got red trim, which is Zayon did not have red trim, but yeah. it is like a it's a light gray, it's like a dirty white cloth. Like it's like yeah. it's a cape. It's a freaking cape. Right. Um and all of that, right? So that cloth that hangs down, it's it's dirty. It's hard to tell that it's white in a lot of scenes, but you get several good looks at it as we're leaving a uh, home and at this point and elsewhere, uh, that it's like it's it's a white. Covering. Looks like a Zeon. And it really does. Mm. And especially as what comes out beneath it, the, the two, it looks like Zeon's boots, you know? And anyways, it freaking looks like Zeon, right? Now, I don't know who started the Elbed or how any of that happened. It, it says in the um, wiki that um, Zeon's eyes were brown, so, but it doesn't say anything about if he happened to have a genetic spiral or something that got passed down. <coughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the connection might be between Zeon and the Albed, or if there even is one. I could be totally off base here, uh, but I would bet, based on the art alone, that there's some some kind of a connection there. They just look too similar. Yeah, I think so too. It's yeah. uh, with as purposeful as many of the designs are in this game. It would seem weird that that would not be exactly right. Okay, so back on the airship. Oh, the oh. And, but there's implications there, which is the reason the Albed are like, screw screw this Yedon oh, stuff. Oh, yes. Zeon was our dude, and you just freaking killed him. And like... Oh, maybe that's you're where the sending, splinter exactly. happened. Now, Zeon wasn't Zeon, the summoner. He was the guardian, but still. Zeon was an Albed, the exactly. first Albed. <laughs> and, and, he was, and, and he was killed, and it was like, okay, we don't like what you're doing with this whole sin business. Interesting Like, theory, we're yeah. out, right? You guys are just going to go sacrifice people for sin. Like, we're leaving. So I think there's, there's a, I can imagine a, a possible connection. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, back on the airship. <coughs> Party's trying to think about what to do next. All they know right now is that Titus has some connection to sin, because of Jack. Yeah. And that maybe that'll spark an idea, and they're all trying to think of what to do. Um... Yuna goes and bows to Sid, but he sort of like turns his back to her. And it, it's done yeah. in such a way to make it look like, oh, you went to sacrifice yourself. You know, and he's like mad at her for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But really, it reveals, the camera reveals he's like crying. Yes. Yeah. Probably with just like gratitude that it didn't happen that yes. way. Yes, it, it was an alive. emotional reunion. Yeah. And I would almost say that was the reason he turned around was also to just hide the fact that he's crying. Yeah, right. Like he's just like, oh, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. No, no need. I haven't seen her for, you know, 15 years or however long it's been. Yeah. Um, so, I, they're all sitting there thinking about what to do. And I actually really liked the way this happened. It was like the party is sort of split up. There's like the people on the bridge. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then there's the people over here closer to the deck. And they both have ideas that are really good, but it's only like comes together when they're connected. Ah, so yes. It's like, ah, yes, yes. I like that. Kamari, yeah. they're sitting there like, what should we do next kind of thing. And Kamari is the one who suggests that finding Mika and making, or Micah and making him talk would yeah. help them to learn more about thinking outside of the box of Yevon. Because that's kind of the whole problem is no one has been able to do that. Right. To think of a way to defeat Sin outside of what the, the Yevon's teachings say to do, which is Final Aeon. So, Eunice saying, all I've ever been taught is the Yevon's teaching. He's like, I don't know. I can't even think of any th right. other way. You know, I, I yeah. wish I could be of help. 
and Kamari suggesting that Micah yeah, Kimari, and the Maesters, they know more about the out of the box of Yevon right. stuff. Yeah, the peripheral. So we should go talk yeah. to him and make him tell us that stuff. Yeah. The stuff that they didn't say to us in the churches and, and the temples. Once right? again, it's a great idea now provided <coughs> they don't get killed at Bavel, which they didn't seem worried about. Right. Which was interesting. Just gonna fight their way um, in. <laughs> exactly. But um, the idea to, why don't we just ask Unaleska? Or yeah. why don't we just ask Micah? Like it's becoming a, the, the simple solutions right there in front of your face. Yeah, right. And you're trying to think of this crazy idea and it's like, just go ask, what, what's gonna hurt? Are they, they're gonna say no? What, what they don't know? Okay. Yeah. Then we're where we started, you know, we're no worse off. Right. And then you go back to the bridge and Riku and Walker start arguing about like whose idea this was first <laughs> yeah. kind of a thing. And then Lulu kind of jumps in too. But they suggest, yeah. and they kind of just stumbled on this information, right? Probably no one else in the world besides our party knows this. Yeah. Because they fell through Makalania and they found, they landed yes. on Sin's back. See, and this is another <laughs> obvious thing where it was totally yeah. Sin's back. Sin was there just chilling. Right. And um, listening I didn't to pick up on the it, hymn of the faith yeah. at Makalania Temple. And that calmed it. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, the hymn of the faith calms Sin because this Sin is Jacked and Jacked like that song yes. from yeah, Xanarkand. Yeah. It, it connects him back to his Jacked self and out of the instincts of Sin. So we could use the hymn of the faith to calm sin instead of using the final aeon, which was the previous way of calming sin. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. might as well give it a try. I mean, we know that that can work. We saw that happening, right? So they kind of connect those things. And so they're gonna go talk to Micah back at Bovell. And as they're there, the guards are like, uh, they're gonna shoot him or whatever. Waka, did you write his line down? I did. Oh man, Waka's just like, oh come on, man, I can't believe these people. But it was like, <laughs> dude, that's that was you, five months ago, maybe right. five weeks ago. Yeah. That those guys who were like, you're an infidel, we can't allow you in Bavel. Yep. That was Waka, yeah. and he's sitting there like, oh, you stupid people. Oh, I can't <laughs> believe we have to deal with these people who don't know. You know. Yeah. It's great. It's very yeah. ironic. Um, Shalinda comes running out and saves. <laughs> yeah, us she's from been them. promoted to a captain. Yeah, she's high this is up how, now. This is how completely fetched like yes. the whole organization That's what of Yevon yeah. is. Yeah, like yeah. Th where they're they're putting Shalinda in a position yeah. in the military because and they're Aaron all says, in fighting. At oh, this point. you're short short believers. Huh? Yeah, short of believers, right? Or she's short like, on yeah, believers. Yeah, we're having trouble. So um, she tells them how Yevon is in complete chaos. Yeah. And oh, the way she convinces them to stand down is she says that it was an Albed rumor that Yuna was an, uh, a traitor to Yevon. That's not actually real. The Albed yes. made that up. And yes. they were like, oh, what? Enrique, yeah. So this, is, this came from Micah, actually, not yes. from Shalinda. And yes. Micah realized that Yuna went to Xanarkand and he thinks got the final aeon. So he's like, call it off. We I can't know. kill Yuna anymore. The one, <laughs> well, the one thing that can help the church at this point is for another calm. Another calm If a calm happens, then it's like, he oh, people's faith will be restored. Pick up the pieces. Yes. Everyone will calm down and I can restore some order. Exactly. In Yevon. So he's banking on Yuna yes. actually defeating Sin So now. he doesn't want to kill her. So he had to come up with 
a new rumor yes. to spread that, so that and think of how many around. times that excuse has been given for times yes. where the church has reversed a position. Oh, oh it's the Albed. actually the Albed or the yeah, <laughs> they okay. made that up. Don't yeah, those to jerks. Them. Screw those guys. Yeah. Let's go kill them. Right. Right. So, uh, anyways, Shalinda sets up an audience with Micah. Micah, uh, well, they go and tell him that they killed Unaleska, and he like starts <laughs> losing. He's it. like, just, "You did what? what? Did you do? <laughs> Are you freaking serious?" That that was their last hope. You destroyed. He says you destroyed the only method of calming sin. Yeah. Um, and then they tell him, "We've got another way of calming yeah. sin. There is no other way." And, and he's like, Yu Yevin's spiral of death will consume us all. So he knows about Yu Yevin yeah, as well. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to ask him, like, who is Yu Yevin? Like, yep. Unalaska said that. And he says, he who crafts the souls of the dead into unholy armor, an armor called sin, clad in it, Yu Yevin is invincible. And the only thing uh, that could have pierced that armor, you have just destroyed. Nothing can stop it now. And this is where mm-hmm. he accepts his death and he just He's gives like, I don't want to live in this world anymore. <laughs> it's, it's useless to keep living now. I'm gone. Uh, Coward. And just he like sent, runs away. He sent himself. I love that. Yep. <laughs> so in the English version, Waka says, um, he calls him a rotten son of a shoe puff. Or something I like didn't that. even remember that. It, it's hilarious. It was a weird insult. And yeah. uh, I, of course, picked up on it right away because that is not what he said in the <laughs> Japanese. He just says, he just basically just saying that it was it was BS that uh, Micah ran away. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't call him a son of a shoe puff. That's funny. <laughs> um, but the purple hooded boy sort of appears yeah, here. Yeah, and I love what he says. to Yuna and Tita. Yeah, no one else can see him. Yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Yes. Yes. That's very interesting. Um, and <laughs> but he, he basically says, hey, come to my room. Yeah, come to I my room. I love that he called it his, his yeah, room. Yeah, come to my room because yeah. he's a boy. Right? He's a kid, you know. Um, that's where he hangs out. So they go down there and he asks if they've found a way to truly defeat sin. And Tita says that they have to fight you, Yevon. Yeah. And he's like, that's it. Yep. If you defeat you, Yevon, it will end. Tell me, what do you know about you, Yevon? And they say, well, he's the one who keeps bringing Sin back every time he's defeated, and Sin acts as his armor. And he says, Yu Yevon was once a summoner long ago. He was peerless, yet now lives for only one purpose, only to summon. He is neither good nor evil. He is awake, yet he dreams. I didn't buy this. Yu Yevon's fetching evil. (laughs) I'm trying to think of how he could not be. How could you? I'm how could you portray you Yevon as not being evil? Well, evil? he is like literally slaughtering and massacring innocent people for thou- for a thousand years yeah. because he was pissed that Xanarkin got destroyed by the bell. <laughs> you destroyed my city. Fetch all of your descendants and everyone who had nothing to do with this for a thousand years. I'm going to kill everybody. So that I can keep my yeah. Xanarkand alive with my with my dream my, people, my faith. yeah, with the faith. Um, what could the kid mean by that? What could he? I mean? don't know. I literally I could t- not see any way in which Yu Yevon is not evil. Because we do see Yu Yevon. Yeah. Later. Yes. He's not like a person. He's fetching evil. And, well, he doesn't <laughs> even look like a person. And it's almost like um, Yu Yevon has become like an artificial intelligence. Or not even an AI, just a script. 
Just like, it, it's a computer oh, script that like just it's runs. Just a program or yeah. something, a uh, protocol. Well, now that's an analogy. I don't. Um, I'm trying to think of a better way to explain it. But We're not the trying way, to say he's literally a yeah, computer. Yeah, like he's not. It's not even really him. He's not even <laughs> like human anymore. This, this kid's ba <coughs> basically saying he's basically not even like alive at this point. I guess I could see that he just yeah. exists to do this summon over and over. Like his humanity's gone. Yeah. Something like that, right? So he's like he's awake because he does stuff, but he's not really awake. He's just living in some dream, all fake reality, and he he's like not good or evil. I would take something I along could see those that. lines. I could right? see that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So he's not actively doing this anymore. It's just a script that's just running forever, mm. and it'll just never stop running. Now, who wrote the script to set it to run forever? Is an evil person. <laughs> 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 but at this point, you know, it's He's like, no longer that person. Yes. He's Have you seen um, Howl's Moving Castle? Oh, Howl's Moving Castle. The witch. Um, remember, like, she kind of well, loses, loses all she her She loses her memory and, and her power. And by the end, she's basically like... She's just this old lady, like, kind of bumbling lady. And, and do they, like, she... I'm spoiling some stuff in that movie, I'm sorry. But, like, she was very evil yeah. early on. But as she's kind of lost her memory... <laughs> and who she was, she's just not really seen as evil anymore. Like mm. once she loses that part of her, it's like, okay, she's just like a, a person now and they actually are pretty nice to her, nicer than she deserves, you know? Well, it's, it's like <coughs> a, lot of, um, a lot of people, you know, who, who do evil acts or who become like bad actors in the world, it's really fear that's kind no, of driving. Of as Miyazaki also is good at showing. Motivation, right? Yeah. So it's like that character was exposed down into just like the insecurity. It's just like this character only represents the inner yeah. insecure person without right. the reaction to the fears, right? And it's just, yeah. that's kind of like the core of any person who is doing all these horrible things. It's like inside, they're just hurt. Yeah. Sort of insecure, pro probably immature. Well, you would say that would apply to some degree to you, Yevon. It doesn't justify anything, but it's no. just here's somebody who lost everything and wrote a script to destroy the world because he was <laughs> mad, and now the script is doing its thing, you know? Yeah. <coughs> I can see that. That makes a little sense. That's the best I got. That's the best I got for why he said that. Um, even if you defeat Sin with the final summoning, <coughs> you, Yevon, will live. Yu yeah. Yevon will join with the final Aeon. He will transform it into a new sin. Yu Yevon merges with the Aeon, then protected by this new sin he has created, Yu Yevon continues the summoning. But you know there is no such thing as eternity if you end it, uh, if you end it, is there? So it's interesting because it's like what they thought they were doing to defeat sin was more or less just giving it the ability, giving you Yevon the ability to create a new one. Mm -hmm. So it's like every time the the someone gave their life to become the faith of the final summoning, he just takes that and okay, I'll just go make a new sin out of this. Yes. So it, they're just giving body. him the means, they're feeding him the means to make a new to armor. To manufacture again. a new body. Yeah. So they, they use the final summoning and the final faith, I guess, uh, the faith of the final summoning to calm Sim enough to pierce the armor but then he just takes that and then just makes yeah. new armor out of it. And so it's, it's again it's a like cycle a or a spiral that can't yeah. end in, in the way that it's been set up. Um, Yu Yevon lives inside Sin. 
you know, listen, when you fight you, Yevon, we will help you. The faith, all the faith, right? Because mm -hmm. they're done dreaming. They're yes, sick of exactly. It. Yeah. Promise me you'll summon us. I'm afraid your swords and magic won't be enough. Please call us. Promise. Swords are of little use here. Yep. But you know, and then he turns to Titus at this part specifically, because the camera's sort of over the boy's shoulder looking at her. Yeah, yeah. And then it transitions over the shoulder to Titus and yep. says, but you know, when it's all over, we will wake and our dream will end. Our dream will vanish. And Titus says, yeah, you've been dreaming a long time, haven't you? And the boy says to him, I'm sorry about what that yeah. means for you. <laughs> yeah. And he says, oh no, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had a life in the first place right. because of you, is yeah, I yeah. think what that's insinuating, right? Of course, without sure. saying that outright. Yeah. So that. Yuna is asking, grateful about what? Like, what is he talking about? She doesn't know. He says, oh, nothing. Hey, uh, don't make that face. <laughs> Come on, we're gonna go beat Sin. Let's uh, have some cheer, okay? So he's fully embraced Yuna's yes. role. Yes, yes. Fully embraced yeah, yeah. it. Smile and the guy pretend who to laugh so hard the whole time to yes. like, no, there's got to be another way. Is now not questioning whether right. there is any other way. He's fully embraced that this is the other way that they found. Yeah. Just put him in her position. Yes. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I love that flip. That's yeah. genius. That's really smart. I so love it's like he fought that. so hard for another way. He gets his other way, but now he's the one. And and you know what's funny? That almost is like necessarily. It's almost like a law of nature. Right, yeah. where it's like this person's fate is to die. You want the, to change their fate, like the the Full Metal Alchemist thing, the law of equivalent exchange. Right. Yep. Like, okay, then you die for her. Mm -hmm. Thick problem? No, problem <laughs> not fixed, because now you still don't get to be together. But it's almost like, wh what other solution are you looking for? Right. Mm -hmm. You're going to change someone's fate, which is to die, and you're going to do it with flowers and rainbows. You know, like that's not going to happen. That's not yep. how the world works. You can't. Like the, you the can't fates bowl demand the, the split. Yeah, you can't. You, you, you can't. Bowl, <laughs> you can't kick a field goal when you're bowling. It's, it's not football. It's bowling. You got to hit one. Yeah. Got to hit one. Um. <coughs> Somebody was asking last week, so who is the summoner using these faith to summon Titus? Ah, yes. And Ebonju. We have it here. Yes. You, Yevon, is the summoner no. who is summoning Dreams Anarchand using those thousands of faith embedded in the wall in Gagazet. So you, Yevon, is summoning Dreams Anarchand. I remember the thought that I had earlier um, the, when the kid says, if, if we're able to end it, then it's not eternity, right? Yeah. It, it's only eternal if it's forever, but if you end it, um, that's, that is what the word avum means, essentially. It's yeah. the eternal. It, it basically means eternity, and that's where the word eternity comes from. Yeah. So the, the name Yevon basically means to be eternal, right? Mm. And that, they're almost making a little bit of a, of a play on that reference there when they say, yeah, Yevon is Avon, but what if we kill it? Then it, then it never was to begin with, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> that was my thought. Um, okay, she's, of course, suspecting that he's hiding something. <coughs> she says he's a terrible liar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's not going to tell her. Um, and, okay, so we're going to wrap up here real quick. Okay. Before they leave, they ask Shalinda to help them with the hymn. Go tell everyone in the world that when they see yes. the airship with the hymn of the faith, that they should sing along Join with along, it. yes. This is total DBZ. Everyone in the world, give your power <laughs> yes. to Goku for the spirit bomb. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> no, that, that that's... That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's not how the world works, but it is also kind of sort of is how the world works, where sure. people lend their encouragement. You know, they, they are, as I've mentioned before, 
the summoners and the, our party, right? It, this the the world of Spira is a blitzball game, yes. right? And everything is acted out as a blitzball game, and there's a huge parallel between what Yuna and her crew are to do and are doing and a blitzball game. And basically, everyone else in Spira is the audience watching, mm. and what they're saying here is, hey, do our team chant while we got the ball and while we're going. And Titus even says this as later on um, as he jumps off the ship. He yeah. says, when you got the blitz ball, you got to score. <laughs> he jumps <laughs> off. But this whole game is basically an analogy with the game of Blitzball, the microcosm that is the game of Blitzball. And when an audience cheers, it really does have an effect on how people perform. Yeah, you, you know, get how some momentum. Perform. Yeah. yeah, makes you feel good. You know, people are excited. People like you. And, you know, um, that's what they're asking for. They're asking for the audience to, to do their favorite chant. Yep. So they go back to the ship. Uh, Rin tells Titus that Braska wanted peace with the Albed mm. and that he would occasionally visit home uh, in, in order to, you know, sort of make yep. some headway with that. That's how he met Yuna's mother. Yeah. Um, and Sid was originally furious that they got together. Yes, But he then was. when Yuna was born, he sort of softened yeah. towards the idea. And that Sin destroyed the ship that was carrying Yuna's mother to home when she was going there to visit. That's what turned yeah. Braska into deciding he was gonna be a summoner. Cause he was just like a like a clergyman in Yevon or something oh, yeah. like that, right? And he was like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna be a summoner. My wife was killed by sin. I can't right. let this keep happening. Yes. So nice little background there from Rin on the ship. Um, all right, so that leads up to it now being time for the final showdown with sin. The airship begins playing a recording of the Hymn of the Faith yep. as they're flying around the world, getting everyone to join in with the song to calm Sin down so they can get inside. Yep. Uh, the party goes up to the deck. Titus tells uh, Sid that if they can't get through the mouth, then they'll rip open a new <laughs> hole. Sid just laughs. <laughs> He's just rip like, him a new now one. that's a plan, right? <laughs> Give him a new blowhole. Um, <laughs> Brother says that he knows what to use, and it's kind of like, yes. anyways, leading up to this big final showdown. Yeah. And outside, the people of the world are singing along with yeah. the airship. They're hearing <coughs> them, and they're like, hey, she'll have to let everyone in the world know to do that. I don't know how. <laughs> Maybe a broadcast. <laughs> they had a broadcast, like a speaker. And uh, Titus throws Yuna's sphere that she dropped with her final yeah. message throws it off the side. He's like, you don't need this anymore. Yeah. And she's embarrassed that he found it. There and well, we I do want to talk next time. I do want to talk really quick about the hymn because I think it's the last time we're really yes. going to sing it. Yes. Um, the the hymn of the faith has lyrics and they have a meaning. The lyrics it's all in Japanese. So the first word is inorigo, which means faith, right? And then uh yume miyo, which means a dream, to see a dream, right? And then ebonju is Yu Yevon. It's in the song. Yu Yevon's mm. name is in the song. So, anyways. Mm. I'm trying to think of how they had never heard that name, <laughs> that name before. The name Yu Yevon is in the, literally in the hymn. It's of in the hymn of the faith, and that is also the song that Titus grew up hearing. Yes. So, that's a little inconsistency here, but we'll, we'll let it be for now. <coughs> and then it says, um, Inore yo, which means to pray. And then... Uh, Sakae Tamae is please grant prosperity, and then Hatenaku means without end. So the lyrics of that song are faith, dream, you yevon pray, P 
please grant prosperity without end. Now, that is the faith. If this song came from Xanarkand, actually, did it really come from Xanarkand? He could have heard it in his dreams, Titus. He could have heard it growing up as a background noise that didn't come from anywhere, but that was just a connection to Spira. You, you hear me? Yes. When I'm, when it I, when I was, like I was thinking, because earlier the they said, oh, uh, this song came from Xanarkand. I heard this in Xanarkand. But that was yes, Dream Xanarkand. Yeah. That was Dream Xanarkand where Jekt and Titus learned that song. And the faith... Yes. But the faith, it's a came, big question. the faith came from the real Xanarkand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So if we think that song was created in Xanarkand a thousand years ago, what would that song have meant to them in their culture? Is it like the melody was made in Xanarkand, now, but you, not the lyrics? Yu Yevon was their leader, was Xanarkand's You're leader. You're right, he was a real person before So they the could war. have sang, you know, a, a yeah, praise to <coughs> Yu Yevon. Faith, dream, you, what this sounds like, faith, dream, it's like they're, they're giving encouragement. This song is giving encouragement. Hey, faith, keep dreaming, don't stop dreaming. Oh. Hey, Yu Yevon, keep praying. Don't stop praying. So they're keep, saying dream. Keep summoning. Don't stop summoning. Yes. Right? So the song was invented after the destruction of Xanarkin. Exactly. In order to encourage them to continue creating dreams, Xanarkin. Don't yes. stop. Don't, Don't stop. stop. And then the end. Please grant us prosperity without end. Please let this continue. Dreams, Xanarkin, continue forever. Okay. As I read this hymn, that's my interpretation of what that hymn is saying. Okay. And so, I don't know how it started or how it branched off and got into both places. It doesn't really make sense to me, given the timeline. Yes. But I'm sure somebody has an answer to so that. So the song did not come from the culture of Xanarkand before its destruction. <coughs> it came after, once yes. they had set up this Gosh, entire dude, summoning process. It may even just be the faith encouraging each other. Yeah. Like, keep, keep singing this song to encourage each other. And because the faith are thinking about that, yes, that, it, that it came, manifested in dreams. Anarchy. In both places, in the temples, by the faith in the temples, and in dreams Anarchand. And in dreams the There you go. I think dream. we just fixed it. I that's, think we just found that's, it That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Very fascinating, though, that this song is about dreams Anarchand, and the people of Spear have no idea. Yeah. They have no idea exactly what this is saying, I, what I think this is saying. That's crazy. Yeah. I freaking really like that, actually. That's really cool. Yeah, it's sweet. I think it's Any other cool. notes? Uh, no, other than I had two comments that I wanted to read real quick that I okay. didn't get to. Uh, really good comments today. One of them being somebody, like somebody by somebody, I mean like 50 people, mentioned <laughs> that <coughs> Yuna having a horn on yes. her statue yes. is a direct reference to previous Final Fantasies where often the... The summoner class. The summoner class tends will to have, have a horn. Yeah. You can yeah. see this very clearly in Final Fantasy IX with Aiko, Carol, where yep. she has this big horn. And Final um, Fantasy three, I think, mm -hmm. even the summoner class has a horn. I think five has it. I think, uh, yeah, nine for sure. Yeah. Five, yeah, five, three, nine, I'm pretty sure. Because the summoners in four don't. Oh, don't they? Because it's like a Rydia. And oh, yeah, like yeah. They don't, but yeah. The typical or the classic summoner class design has a has horn a on it. So everyone mentioned that, and it's like, okay, we got it. We get <laughs> it. So we're, we're mentioning that here so that everyone knows that's yeah. the point. Um, and then uh, Nick said in um, 
the comment section. He said, fantastic new episode. The discussion on what exactly the faith were doing when their dream, in their dream, with their dream, was extremely helpful to me since I didn't really understand the whole you are a dream bit when I played the first time. I like the joke about where you guys compared Titus to Pinocchio as well. They seem so similar that Final Fantasy X almost feels like a commentary on Pinocchio at times to me. They twist, that is, the father is a whale, but he's also in the whale. It, it's still, mm. it goes both ways. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of being a, being a real boy, now that we know that Titus is not a real boy, mm -hmm. he's not a real boy. Yep. How is he gonna become a real boy? And this is the beautiful part. So I'm gonna stop reading the comment because it was a great comment, but I'm gonna take it in my own little direction here. This, this is freaking Pinocchio, yeah. almost to a T, right? You give life to a fake person and it goes out into the crazy world, the mad, mad world, you know, to, and, um, but somehow, he doesn't know, Geppetto gets swallowed by a whale and is in the bottom of the ocean, and Pinocchio is the only one who can go save him, right? Mm -hmm. And so Pinocchio goes down, and Geppetto's being kind of funny about it, but <coughs> the biggest point, the biggest point is that Pinocchio, in order to become a real boy, has to give his own life to save his father. He basically mm. dies and saving his father from the belly of a whale, you know, anyways, it's, it's just beautiful stuff. A lot stuff. of parallels. It's yeah. beautiful stuff. So yeah. we're going to talk more about this next episode. Yeah. But, um, yeah, something about that type of story just really uh, grips people, I guess. Yep. Like we were saying, well, I guess we were saying this on the exclusive podcast on Patreon. Ah, um, Patreon, please. There's only a certain kind of small handful of archetypes or story structures yeah. And it's like you kind of just find people gunning into this one and then sort of just, you know, altering the details to make it their yeah. own. But there's really only like seven basic structure. types yes, exactly. of stories. Yeah, yeah. And you're just repeating the same things over and over and over yeah. again. We're repeating the same stories to as, ourselves over As and over much again. as you think you aren't or if you find something that's really original, you know, uh, usually it's, it's, it's not. Not to, like, be hypercritical. It's just like... Humans have been around for a while, and the corporate incentive structure behind creating entertainment is so strong that, like, they've really come up with the things that people want to see <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to preclude the possibility that, or um, exclude the possibility that at some point somebody might tell a new story. But um, yeah, it's been a while. I, I don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know that it, even if even if we heard a new story, we wouldn't understand it. The whole point of stories is that our brains are wired to think a certain way and to perceive things a certain way, and things fit that pattern in our brain, and we respond with positive emotions. Right. You can't introduce a new pattern because it doesn't fit into the pattern, and it creates dissonance. And yeah. so you have to you have to align your story into the pattern that already exists in everyone's brains. You can't. Like change, you can change it a little bit and they'll find it amusing, but if you change it too much, it's not gonna work. It's yeah. gonna be too dissonant, right? Unless yeah. you're making Undertale. Undertale <laughs> is, is a strange exception, and we're gonna be talking about that very on, soon on, on Patreon. Patreon yeah. That's our next <laughs> analysis on Patreon. There are always exceptions. <laughs> In some ways, it's not an exception. In some ways, it's a huge exception. Yeah, um, it's kind of yeah. both. We're going to do our best to analyze that. And it's it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a tough wow. one because it is a different kind of game, that's for sure. Anyway, next week, finish the game. Yes. It's time to finish the game. And then uh, all spoilers, most of the spoilers are off the table already, but like for sure all of them will be off the table. Next other week. than like what's the last yeah, what happens happens scene in the last <laughs> scene. 
Um, oh, and don't be fooled, people. Don't be fooled. There is an after credits scene. So stick around after the credits. When you finish the game, we will be talking about it. Mm -hmm. So watch it. Don't, don't let us spoil that part for you. And um, we probably already have that. <laughs> but you don't know what it is if you haven't played it yet. So watch it, and then you'll find out what we spoiled. But how too late, you already finished the whole game. So. Yep. All right. Peace. That's it. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs>